capital, we'll say a capital tehillim. It's okay, I'll say it slowly out loud. We're going to say tehillim capital chav gimel. Mizmorlo David, Adinoi Roi, Lo Yechzor, Binois Deshe Yarbitzeni, Almei Menuchois Yenahaleni, Nafshi Yishevib Yancheni, Magli Tzedek Leman Shemoi, Gam Kiyelech Vigait Salmoves, Lo Yiroro Kiato Imodi, Shiftacho Umishantecho Heimo Yenachamuni, Ta aroich lufonai shulchan neget soide roi. Vishamto vashemen roi shi koi sirvoyo. Ach toi vachesed yidrfuni kol yemei chayoi. Shafti beveis adinoi lioirech yomim. Okay, so I would like to open by sharing the following. That there is a group from our community, there's a minion that traveled to Israel yesterday. Um, many people are still planning to travel and things are dynamic. So let me share over here, and this is being recorded, so hopefully more people will hear the following. That from the eight villages near Gaza, the eight villages that got hit the hardest, if that you can use those words, most of them are in a lot. In other words, the survivors are not there, and I know that we thought that many of them went to Yam HaMelech, but because, due to the fact that we're, we made this trip, so we had a very important, and hopefully, hopefully, this is up to them, up to us, uh, hopefully something very important will come, which is like this, that from the village of Nirim, the woman that is, at least the way it appeared, um, the spokesperson from all of them, she had a Zoom meeting with us. She had a Zoom meeting with us because there are a couple of Jews in Israel. Some of them lived in LA. Many of them know our shul. That for a while, they were attempting to bring forth the following idea. We heard these words before, but the idea is for communities here, here meaning outside Israel, Chutz La'aretz, for every community to have a sister city in Israel. I know that officially Kiryat Malachi was called Kiryat Malachi because it was founded as the sister city of Los Angeles, city of angels, mm. Kiryat Malachi. But what does that mean? No one knows. Let me tell you what came forth from it. So you have eight communities. Um, most of them are very secular. And the guy who was spearheading this sister city somehow felt that Chabad Sola might be a good shidduch with one of them. It's like making a shidduch. <coughs> the sister city would mean that once a year there would be an effort, let's say, from Chabad Sola to spend Shabbos there. And another time in the year there would be an effort, an organized effort for people of that city, of that village, to spend Shabbos in our community. That would create a bridge, people would get to know each other, and you know, people in a community, a community means different families, but they are somehow under the same roof, it would create under the same roof with whatever would come would come, particularly since they're not um, aware, they don't know that much about Yiddishkeit, and some of this is Pashat, an opportunity, like when I was speaking about maybe we should go there for Shabbos, this is men and women, this is not a man's thing, this is families, 
I know I threw out there that maybe the village, maybe Nirim won't appreciate Kehilat Sola coming there with Cholent. Maybe it should begin with people going there for a Wednesday and to bring uh, other types of wood. That's all open. Okay. That's just to put it, that's number one. And part of the group that's there, they're going to a lot, they're going there on Wednesday, and they're going to meet with them to see if we can initiate such a thing. If that were to happen, that would mean that we would be making an effort in the near future to bring as many families from LA to spend Shabbos in one of those villages. They're not allowed to go back yet. All of this is fluid, okay? Now, having said that, if you remember, so I was very excited about this. Whoever is excited about the concept. I think we travel a lot to Israel and I think making once a year trip to Israel to a specific place continuously so our kids can get to know their kids. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea that will, that will influence and inspire other communities to do similar things with other communities. Okay. Now, together with that, if you remember, I think it was two or three years ago, there was a, a young tzaddik, a, a 10-year-old then, it was three years ago. There was a, a, a Lubavitcher boy by the name of Yehuda Herzl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. His father's name was Shalom Rabbi Shalom Bar Herzl. They are shluchim. Oh, very good. So they are shluchim, all the way in the north by the border. I don't know how close up by the border. There's border borders. Okay, but they. But he, okay. Oh, very good. So listen to this. So they, first of all, the cities that are bordering Lebanon now were also evacuated, but he's in these villages, that are not evacuated, and and so when I heard about. A, a sister city, I was just speaking to the Chavra out loud that the idea is beautiful, but like when you make a Shidduch, you want to make the Shidduch with the right person. And I'm not saying I don't know anyone in the South, but I called up Rabbi Herzl yesterday, and I told him that this idea I'm very excited about. I told him that he knows the guys. We're going down, we're going there, we're going to be in Elat on Wednesday, but maybe you're the right Shidduch. And I told him, how would you feel? I, told, I don't know how many families would go, I'm not advocating for anyone to do something that's dangerous. I'm not going to talk about this right now. But being that there are communities of Jews that live in the north of Israel, that the government of Israel is not evacuating, um, how about spending Shabbos over there? Same idea, to find the right. He was in the heavens about this idea. He told me, you know, he spoke to me last night. He woke up three in the morning to call me up. He called me up this morning. He told me that he spoke to the guys there. He says that the type of chizuk, you see, he's in a place, also, it's not observant, but whoever knows Shalom Herzl, I mean, he's doing a, an amazing job, and uh, people are very artistic there. There's a lot of similarities to begin with, with the mentality, according to him, to the people. He spent a couple of months with us because he was treating his son from cancer here. Right. He, he knows us. He says, he's, he's like, you know, the Shatchen, that's now after the... He says that this is a great thing. Come to Shabbos, I don't think we're going to come to Shabbos because I'm not saying we won't come to Shabbos. Together with that, he told me that the only nervousness that people have over there, I know it's being recorded, is that they are afraid that what Hamas did in the south, Hezbollah is going to attempt to do in the north. And, and ultimately, what stopped Hamas in the south, what stopped them were citizens. It wasn't organized, even though I'm not to minimize, God forbid, the amazing work of the police. But the, the people that entered the south, they were planning to go to Yerushalayim. There were over 2,000 of them. What stopped them in bulk were Yechidim, were individuals, when they got frantic phone calls from relatives. You had a relative that got burnt. 
that they only found the DNA. I'm saying people, so people, people picked up arms and they ran to the south. Mamish, it was like, it was just a, it was a, it was a grassroots effort that was matzliach. So the citizens of Israel are demanding of the government that they should be given the right to own what they call long rifles. I'm just repeating his words because there is little rifles, there's long rifles. And I... I'm sorry, my nephew said last night, he said they brought enough guns. In the south. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, right now, right now. Okay, so so listen to it just to share what's happening. The, the North was not given long arms. They have what they call small, uh, small revolvers. The citizens. So I told Shalom Bear, I told Rabbi Herzl, there was another big Chabad group that landed in Israel yesterday. Shluchim from all over America. And they're meeting, they're meeting mainly with government officials. So I left them a voice note that they should notify the government officials, whether it's going to happen or not, that we are certainly contemplating of in the near future going to spend Shabbos in the north of Israel. And I, I, and I, and I sent him a recording of the Shliach telling me that his, he, he lives in a 300 family community and they're demanding of the government that they should be given long rifles or long guns. And they should know that there's going to be a big group from America who is planning to spend Shabbos there and they should know a fighter to the ministers of Israel. So that in itself, he told me, will be of help. That will put another pressure on them. Rabbi, do you know the name of this town that Rabbi No, I can find out. Because that's where my family is. It's Rosh I don't know if it's Rosh Pina. that's what she sent me. Okay, okay. That's where my family is. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just throwing out there. So what's, first of all, going to the bottom line is that there is a concept that hopefully will happen, let's say, over the next month. I don't know exactly when. And Amat advocating for anyone to do something that makes them in danger to say that it's somehow safer here than there to me is ludicrous I think as every day every day goes on I think that firstly we believe in God and God is protecting everyone number two we have to do everything we could to stay protected as well but number three in my opinion in my opinion even going to the north of Israel certainly going to the south of Israel now is a lot safer than walking the streets in Los Angeles. And I will be organizing a trip for families to spend Shabbos there probably over the next month sometime. So I'm just throwing it out there. And without doubt, I'm just saying that this will give them tremendous chizuk. In Israel? In Israel, yeah. Which, which area? I don't know yet. Either the south. The north. So they're meeting Wednesday with the representative of Nirim. The south name. Which is by, 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 in other words, when they're going to come back to the kibbutzim, they're going to be coming back soon. We're thinking of joining them that Shabbos or the next Shabbos. Or to spend Shabbos in the north. On the, on the, on the towns with Rabbi Herzl. Remember Rabbi Herzl? Yes. You, Rabbi, why not two Shabbos? Um, because south, people are working people. I like that. Uh, listen, we're already two groups. There's a minion there now. It's not so it is. Another thing, a technical thing. I don't know how long this will go on for but uh, just, to, just to, another technical thing, that people travel, these are shorter trips. Some people are able to extend themselves and to get the more comfortable tickets. So our group was half and half. And just to know that whoever got an economy class ticket, I think slept better. Because sadly, just to know the planes are empty, Elal is empty, and um, it's a full, it, 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 you pay full price. It's not that it's cheap, it's $1,500 a ticket. Oh, it's it's, it's so cheap. No. 
Well, if you go pay fifteen hundred dollars and you have four, just I'm just Some putting people, it out there. They pay four thousand five hundred dollars to just go. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, all that, all this is fluid and over, depending on how their meeting goes with the south, depending how they feel, because they're going to meet the toishvei of those kibbutzim. They're meeting people from Ofakim. They're meeting. What is toishvei? The people that live there. So it's, some of them are villages. Mirim, I think, has five hundred people. In other words, these are small villages. They're all of them now. None of them are there now. I, in the south. They're, they're, oh, yeah. They went to a lot. The government took the people yeah, that were in the, uh, and they're going to be brought back. They're, they said that they are demanding to go back. They want to go back. They don't want to be this. this, place, this place. But these are the people that Mamash went to the trauma. She told me that most of the people in her village were murdered. This was a very difficult zoo meeting, but it gave her a lot of chizuk, this concept. So let's just see how this plays out. And we have to have, even if it's just two couples, I mean, Steri and I are going. So we have one couple. We have to see when. One idea was maybe to go Hanukkah, Shabbos Hanukkah, which is December 8th. Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving, the reason why Thanksgiving not is because many people already made plans and they bought tickets. Yeah. I'm trying to get the maximum amount of people. Yeah. Are you thinking about organizing the women's mission? I think it's a family. It's me. I'm going to organize a family. I'm not a woman to organize a woman's mission. I know my wife has a school, so she's unable to. I know that her husband is there right now. Why would you want to do Till after the invasion, invasion, the I, invasion? Uh, we, it's, the, let me say, listen, I'm not, I don't understand things. I think that we have to make plans. We have to know that all plans are fluid. It's yes, a time I'm of sure. war. So when people make a plan, if it doesn't work out, you make it another it's time. Fine. But it, we cannot stop making plans. Um, he, just the north, Rabbi Herzl told me that if we would come this Shabbos, he says, you don't know how great it will be. And if not this Shabbos, just hearing, I told him, let us meet the people in the south. I'm not going to make two trips. And we're going to determine whether we're going to go to the north. This is about not going, spending Shabbos with our spouses in one of the cities, either near Gaza, when they this move Shabbos. back. This Shabbos is too early. Or oh, another, trip. another trip soon. Or to spend join? Shabbos in the north. Okay, okay. Anyways, that's the concept. Now, I know it's not the point. Cholshpina is very, very beautiful and very special. Energy there. It's connected to, I know that. And it's very artistic. Like it's very said. artistic. He was saying that, he, he, that Rabbi Herzl was trying to sell me. He was telling me, Rabbi Zines, I, you guys, if you want to pick a sister city, the goal is not just one trip. Just for people, the goal is to make a relationship with a community somewhere that, so to say, is not living in the safest of places. For them to come here once a year, for us to host them, for us to go there once a year on a consistent basis. To, to really create a sister city. That is a nice, good reaction to the tragedy that happened. And, I, and I'm well, going for our it. our sister city is here at Malachi. I, already, I mentioned that you came late. And we mentioned that on the Zoom meeting. And this guy, the guy in charge of it, said that his goal is to get 60 communities to do it. He picked us the first because he used to daven in Solo. And he said that I know that Kirim Malachi is Los Angeles. He says, but no one knows what it means. And he says, Kirim Malachi is too big. And Los Angeles is too big. I'm saying his, it makes sense what he's saying. But when you pick a small city, a city of a few hundred families, yeah. or some of these things that have 500 people that live there, and you make such a shidduch, and all the kids know all the kids, and they come, they love the... I know, I know, but I'm saying Sterot is a big city. We're trying to pick a small place. So we have like 150 families. There are 150 families. And every year, this can develop into a long-lasting, beautiful uh, sister, real sister city. You go to the north. There's so many kivret tzaddikim right around there. 
I'm sold. I don't have to sell them. But I'm talking about a sister city, and I'm talking about going now, and some people might be afraid to go now. I know that. But if we have just a few families that will spend Shabbos there, the people that live, whether in the north or in the south, would, would, would love it. Yeah. It's not a visit. It's spending Shabbos there. And obviously they're not evacuating Hoshpina. So everything is fluid. There is, there, he told me there's a big chance that there'll be a yeah. big war with Hezbollah. Yeah. And yeah. even if there'll be a big war with Hezbollah, it doesn't mean you don't, they don't know. They don't know. He told me there were certain places that were evacuated already. Yeah. Okay, in the north. And he told me also, he told me he doesn't want to advocate anything dangerous. He told me from his perspective that if the government of Israel is not evacuating them, all they want is to have long rifles, that if there's an infiltration of, of individuals who are coming to murder us, that we should have the means to defend ourselves. Part of the worry is that the Arabs inside... That's another issue, but that's, every, but that's but in Yerushalayim. The Galilee in the north is full of village Arabs. And so is, and so is Yerushalayim. They're not, they're not worried about... And so is Yerushalayim. What happened? How many terrorist attacks happened in Yerushalayim from, 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 from Arabs that are Israeli citizens? Right. We, they know that. They know that this can happen. And that's why they want to arm themselves. My brother-in-law, who okay. lives in that area in Washington, just got his gun from the... Okay, good. Good. No, he told me we have little guns, but I sent his message, and it's going to be heard by Mamish the top because the Chabad group is min- is meeting the top ministers. I want them to know that uh, that American Jews are aware that they lack arms, and we are going to go there for Shabbos, and we join in the petition that they should be better armed. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, we didn't do any harm. Okay. I, you know, like I said, Shabbos people feel that they have to do something, I think it's good to create different ideas of people to, ha- to have where, where, where to put all of these emotions, instead of it just being inside and frustrated and helpless and God forbid, the more we do, I think, the more good will be done. And this is very much tied into the, what I wanted to learn about tonight, which is a, a very deep concept that the Alter Rebbe teaches on the Parsha of the Week. But I would like to share a few stories to introduce the idea. It's a big idea. The Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, in Torah or Lekutte Torah, really introduces big ideas. Okay, I'll begin with the story. The Alter Rebbe, in his younger years, had three classes that he taught. They were called Cheder Aleph, Cheder Beis, Cheder Gimel. At that time, his teachings were very short, some of them are recorded. It was not long, my mother. And here is one of them. This was a teaching that was passed down from generation to generation. We have it from Rabbi Isha Damasmid. Rabbi Isha Damasmid was one of the Chabad Hasidim from the previous generation that was burnt alive in Germany by the Nazis. They were born in a shul and they were burnt. He was like the Rabbi Shmuel Dovedrajik of that generation. He was like a big tzaddik of a chassid. And he used to share this story. He was the one that used to share that he heard from his teacher, that heard from his teacher. The Altarebbe came out and he went into one of his classes and he asked them the simple question that how can the sages tell us that Avram Avinu kept the whole Torah? Who taught him the Torah? How did, how did he know how to observe Judaism if God did not give it yet in Sinai? Okay, that's a classic question. Whoever's learning Chitas will say, the Altarebbe, we just learned about this now. The letter that we just finished in Chitas is the Alter Rebbe answering this question, different answer. The Alter Rebbe was saying that every mitzvah has, you know, technically, how do you keep it? The halachic part of it. Every mitzvah has the mystical meaning of it. And if you really understand the Kabbalah, the mystical meaning of the mitzvah, if you really understand it, even if you're not told how to do it, you'll know on your own how to do it. 
since Avram Avinu knew the inner part of the Torah, he extrapolated from that how to put it down into practice. By the way, the question on this answer is, who taught him the Kabbalah? So I'm not going to go on. That's a, that's a different topic. Rebbe, this story is a different story. He came out there and he asked, them, he asked the students, how did he know? So they were silent, waiting for him to give the answer. So he answered by sharing the story. Many, maybe you heard the story. He says that the Baal Shem Tev, at times, would tell his Talmidim to, to, to do things, to go places. And one time he went out to his Talmidim, in that little wooden base medrash that many people here went to, and he told them that he wants them to go right away to a certain tavern in, in the local city. A tavern is not a nightclub, just for the record. But a tavern is a place where people got together, goyim got together, to, to make a l'chaim. It's like a non, it's a non-religious community. That's basically what a tavern is. In English, it's called what friends. Remember friends from when I grew up, the, the TV show. That's no, what no, no. they get together and they and they 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 connect. They connect over over a lachai. So they walked in there and just imagine the image. This is a place where Jews normally would never enter. Mestamet wasn't one Talmud. Mestamet had this whole minion of uh, Baal Shem Tov students dressed like Jews walking into a tavern. And when they walked in there, they witnessed two goyim fighting. <laughs> And it was a beautiful fight. Both of them were under the influence, big time. And one, A, was telling B, I love you. And B was saying, no, you don't. And they were fighting about it. He says, I love you. And B says, no, you don't. And, 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 and B, was, B was angry. A was, felt rejected. Well, I do, I don't, I do, I don't. Until finally, the one, who's, the one who was offering his feelings says, how can you say that? Why are you saying it? So he says, if you would really love me, you would know what pains me. Tell me what pains me. Tell me my anguish. They don't know. You don't love. When they saw that, they walked out of the tavern. That's what they knew. The Balshamkin wanted them to see that. So the Alter Rebbe said that Avram Avinu reached such a high level of loving God that he naturally knew what pains God? When a couple gets married, you don't tell them that story. You tell a couple that they should, you should have very clear communication and you have to have active listening and don't expect. So I know this contradicts all of that. And could be this is true and that's true. This is the story. Another. I want to share another story or two. Throughout history, and certainly we know more throughout recent recent history, there are certain of our great leaders, I'm speaking as a Chabadnik in the Chabad Lubavitch world, who when they were asked to lead the Chabad community, they really reluctant, they were very reluctant. And they were very reluctant because when you have a real great person, that's involved in, let's speak about the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Chabad Rebbe. He was really into learning Torah. He was a scholar. It was his life. He learned day and night. He used to, he used to learn through nights. We have a detail of his learning schedule, and you wonder how can a human being even keep up to it. You only do that when you are living in that world. He was living in a world of Torah. And being a leader of a community demands of you 
for you to stop learning as much and for you to spend a certain amount of time listening to the people. And in most cases, most people's issues are not because they're not understanding a certain lofty concept. They're, they're having issues which for them is as important and as real as any other issue. But it can be about issues that from the perspective of a Jew, a tzaddik, who's involved in the world of Atsilus, it's like, why, why am I spending my time with, with, with that? The Rebbe himself, and if I bring and I just shared the Shabbos, the Rebbe used to get letters every day from all over the world. The Rebbe watched a video of, 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 of a chassid who knew he has one opportunity to ask something of the Rebbe. This was a chassid whose father was in, in Gulag. That means he had so much issues in life, and when he had one moment, he asked Rebbe, bless our family that we should get matzah for Pesach. The Rebbe says he heard that, that ask, and then right afterwards he read a letter of a chassid from Kran Heights, a chassid, who was anguished, he's remodeling the home, and he wants to know whether the carpet should go from wall to wall, or whether he should just have a rug. And as a chassid, he wants to get the Rebbe's input. And the Rebbe was not contrasting that to point out uh, anything wrong with someone who at that moment was stuck in this struggle, wall to wall or a rug, that's fine. Halavai, that should be everyone's issues. The Rebbe was just pointing out the contrast that every person at life, for them, it, it can feel the same. But objectively speaking, look at this struggle, look at that struggle. Look at this need, look at that need. And, and when you have... When you have a great tzaddik and they are being asked to lead a community, they hesitated because they felt that they would have to give up a lot of their spiritual pursuit to be in better service of the people, to be with them with where they are. Just parenthetically, you have some people that have the position of being a let's say, a communal rabbi, you have other people that have the position of being a teacher of students, a Rosh Hashiva. And sometimes, especially in smaller communities where you don't have enough resources, the same person is the Rosh Hashiva and the Rav. My teacher, Ablebel Shapiro, in Miami is both. He has a yeshiva and he's the Rav. He's like the Rabbi Shusterman and the Rosh in one. And in the earlier years, he had an audience with the Rebbe, and the Rebbe asked him, tell me the difference between the job of a Rosh Hashiva and the job of a communal rabbi. He's quiet. And the Rebbe says that the, the job, the purpose of a Rosh Hashiva is to lift the Talmidim up to his level. The job of a Rav is to go down to the level of your Balabas. Eventually, if you'll role model, but your job is not to, your job is to mamish go to the people. And going to the people means you have to go away from where you're at. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, the one time that he got frustrated to the point where he told God, I can't, was when he was about to enter Israel. They were in the, that throat after Miriam got, got better. And they were going to miraculously make it into Israel. And everyone began to cry out for meat. And we had meat, but we didn't have meat every day. With the month, from the beginning until the end, at times, the slav came. For some reason, meat, the Gemara says, from there you learn that meat is important. I'm sorry to all you vegetarians, maybe not to you, but generally. But not every day. Bread every day. Today, bread also. Bread never. But then, bread every day. And meat on occasion. On occasion. And they, and they complained that we want meat every day. Where's meat? 
And Moshe Rabbeinu cried out to God. So Hasidus says, what was his cry to God? His cry to God is, is that he felt then that he's no longer connected to the people. He was anguished. Why was he not connected? Because imagine, there's a whole history. There were hundreds of years we were in Egypt. And all the miracles. And there was something building up. And we were building up to enter Israel. Entering Israel wasn't just a physical pursuit. It was like the purpose of why God made the world. For there to be a Jewish people. So we're, you know, like, it's like Lahavdal. Lahavdal, you are about to enter a $30 million meeting. You worked for 40 years and you finally built up your business. And now you're by the meeting. But if you succeed, you made it. Maybe three, 30 million in LA is good for a year. Three billion. Three billion dollar meeting. And imagine before the meeting, your partner says, hey, where, where's the steak? You say, well, what, what, are you, what steak? Like, what are you hacking me about? Who cares? We'll buy a billion steaks if we make the meeting. In other words, sometimes you realize that you're working with people and, and you're so in a different world, that was his anguish. And not only that, that was the only time that God told Moshe Rabbeinu, you have to take and make a whole Sanhedrin. In other words, you're no longer connected to the people. If you cannot understand if you can't have empathy, he couldn't have empathy. He, he had frustration. Like, how can you want that when it's so not significant? Now, objectively speaking, Moshe Rabbeinu was right. It wasn't that significant. But <laughs> we're not supposed to be objective. If you lead the people, you have to be subjective. You have to be with the people. Right? When we have kids and they're crying about who knows what, right? We don't tell our kids, why are you crying about that? There's a war in Israel. That's nonsensical. No, for our kid, they don't get the candy... We got, we got to be with them. Thinking that I'm in a loft to your place is, is, is the horrible mistake. And God told Moshe Rabbeinu, you no longer can be their people. You, you, and that Amban says that when he hit the rock and he called people rebels, he got punished for calling them rebels, not because he hit the rock. That Amban says when people are dying from thirst, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was 120, for him, even dying from thirst wasn't such a big deal. It was in a different universe. God told him, if you don't understand that if people are thirsty, they they rebelling, you can't lead them. In other words, going back, a tzaddik, a leader, has to be someone who's able to connect to the people. When Avram Avinu was told to, 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 to really go into the world and to start connecting to the people, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that because he lived in his own world. He, he was good with intellectuals. He loved that. He loved debating people that were chachamim. How many people are chachamim? Look in your world. You tell me other than you. How many people around you are chachamim? No one. Right? You're the, I'm the smartest and everyone else. You know, that 1%. From 1,000 people, one person is an intellectual. And some people live in that world. You know, the night before the Rebbe became Rebbe, he had a chavrusa, um, who was a Rosh Hashiva, I think, and tells them, not all of Abacha, they used to learn once a week. And he came to the Rebbe to tell the Rebbe, don't do it, don't do this. You're making a mistake. All of your... The Rebbe was into learning. He was a chacham. Don't do this. Thank God he did it. So this is the... There's a big, there's a big challenge when people who would like to live in a loftier world, when they are told to go down, you have to give up. You have to give up your loftiness, you have to give up your heaven to be able to connect to the earthiness of the people around you. And that's something that people hesitate to do. So another, that's Samach Tzedek. Now, the, the sages tell us, we say this in Pirkei is that whoever becomes involved in communal needs, they are gifted with the words, uh, with a thousand rays of light. That God actually, not only do they ultimately not lose their heavenliness, 
and their wisdom and their knowledge, but ultimately they are given a thousand times fold. A thousand times fold. That Samach Tzedek didn't want to become a Rebbe. That Samach Tzedek was into his learning. And when Alt, it took six months, when he finally became a Rebbe, he complained that I don't, I don't see the thousand lights. <laughs> and, 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 and listen, he, he, we have a lot of writings of his. He had a bookshelf of all of his innovations in, in, on the Talmud. So his youngest son, a bookshelf, said, Tate, if you would not be a Rebbe, you would never be able to produce that. That's your thousand lights. He wanted his father to acknowledge the paradox that sometimes when you bring down, when you concretize something that's very lofty, when you engage more, even if you feel like I'm engaging with people that might not be as spiritually in the same universe as me or they're not into this or that, they're, they're, they're the people that you might look down to, connecting to them in a way where it's beneficial, primarily for them, ultimately gives you more of whatever it is that you think you're pursuing. And that's why Avram Avinu was given a hey. His name was Avram, and then he was called Avraham. So the Alter Rebbe gave a discourse pointing out that the letter hey, the letter hey, Alpik Habala, the hey that he was gifted, is Bina, is the first hey of God's holy name. And the paradox is, God told him, go down, go into the land, connect to the people, connect to all the people. Ultimately, he mamash connected to all the people in a very concrete way. Ultimately, him and Sarah, genius, genius, but work. They opened up a inn where there was no food. He, he, he didn't want to only engage with the Chachamim of the generation. He went to a highway where there was nothing there. Right? When you drive here to Vegas, right, you have a many miles where there's nothing. That's a perfect place. He opened up an inn. That was the only place. You needed food for your animals. You needed gasoline. You needed a drink. He was the only stop. And we all know the rest of the story. And who was he after? Everyone. He wanted, he wanted to engage with who made all of this. There was a creator. There was a certain purpose for creation. There's a certain responsibility that we have. He was genius. Now that, that was a 24-7 job. So he was the first Chabad house then. Mamish, we should, we should copy him. In other words, he, he put himself on the most, on the busiest thoroughfare where there was nothing. Everyone, everyone went by his house. And God gave him Bina. God gave him the first letter. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, no, for that you don't need so much Bina. Avram, Av, Chachma Bina. Av is Chachma, Ram is exalted. Avram Avinu already was very exalted. So why did God have to gift him with greater understanding if he was lowering himself, so to say, to engage with the common people, with the Amcha? And here's the Alter Rebbe's innovative idea. Maybe you heard this expression. It might even be a modern uh, Hebrew expression. It's a Talmudic expression. There is a simple meaning and then there is a deeper way of understanding it. The expression is, Ein chacham kebal hanasoyin. Ein chacham kebal hanasoyin. You know what that means? It means that if you have a theory of how something should, should, should work, a person devises, let's say, a machine in their brain. We discovered this is what we should do. Ultimately, you have to do it to know whether it's going to work or not. And I think every time 
people concretize an idea, it always has to be tweaked. It always has to be tweaked. Because ain't chacham kabbalah nasayim. Like there's no greater wisdom than the one who has experience. So I have a theory. The theory can sound very good theoretically, but when you do it, then you get chachma. Then you really know how it works. Literally, that would mean no one is that smart to figure out all of the consequences and to see everything. No one has that amount of wisdom. So when you actually do it, don't expect, right? Also, prototype number one is never, point two is better. Right? The iPhone two is better than the iPhone one because we made it. And then we saw what is good, what's not good, where you get trapped. The Alter Rebbe says something much deeper. The Alter Rebbe says that whenever you put in action an idea, whenever an idea is being concretized, you need, you draw forth a much higher level of wisdom. The union of an idea and action, I have a great idea, but when you do it, that's the biggest miracle. It's like creating life when a soul goes into a body. When an idea is going to become concretized, it needs much loftier, a much loftier source. And, and, and that's why there'll be more wisdom when you put it down into action. Do you think that that's because um, once you put the effort forth, you have your limited idea, you put forth the effort, the hishtadlut, and that's when Hashem... Um, Brings it higher. Not only because you made your establos, but because ideas and action are like are so di- are so opposites right. that in order for them to merge, you need to have something so infinite that doesn't see a contradiction between two opposites. Ideas are ideas, action is action. No, it's the the type of koyach that you have to reveal when two opposites get together will have to be a much greater koyach. Thank you. When you have a marriage, you bring forth a child. Dafka. Because since you're merging two opposites, you, drew, you brought down a much greater idea. However, prior, prior to God adding the hay to his name, Avram Avinu needed to make a bris milah. And the Alter Rebbe says, I spoke about the Shabbos. These are big ideas. When something great comes into the world, is it great for the world? It depends where the world is. It depends where the world is. Because if something great comes into the world and in the world you have bad actors, they will kidnap, they will take that for the bad. The words of Kabbalah is, Yenikas hachitsoinim. Yenikat hachitsoinim means that our, our people, not good people, they, they, they steal nourishment from Kedush. Hamas. I just spoke about the Shabbos. That's exactly what they did, but that's happening to all of us. They chop that. They chop that. They chop that. If they, if they want to live, so they chop a Jew. They use God's name to slaughter. That's right. Well, it's, it's everything. It's, it, it's, that, it's that all of the ideas that are in the world that are still standing today, all of the ideas are not purely evil. They are evil. But you know how evil they are? Is that they steal something holy and then they mix it up. They tie it up with their evil and people now are confused. They live off Kedusha. They parasite off Kedusha. There was something great that was coming into the world. Avram Avinu brought something great into the world. And ultimately, it's the mitzvahs. What are mitzvahs? Mitzvahs are godly ideas concretized in action. And when you take something godly, which is only an idea, kindness is a, is a concept. When you do an action of kindness, 
you're bringing into the world something amazing. What's the something that that binds the idea and the action? I was coming back to this whole meeting that, that only because we made this trip, we took an action, and this idea, this new idea came into the world. It's always that way. When you do something, all of a sudden, things that are you never even dreamt about, they somehow come up. How are they coming up? The fact that you took an idea, which is good, and you put it into action, whenever you do that, some great light will be gifted to you because you'll need it. But... Prior to doing that, you have to make sure that whatever it is you're bringing into the world should not be taken by negative forces. You have to cut the arla. In my life, it means, here's the challenge that we all have. I think that we all have so much amazing goodness. Amazing goodness. And for most of us, Mashiach is not here, which means that I'm, I'm a person that I can be doing amazing things and I can be engaged in doing things that are, that are the opposite of amazing. And I have to understand that there's many steps to my growth. Step number one is, and the Baal Shem Tov emphasized that. Step number one is, don't think that you have to first get rid of all of the negativity prior to you doing anything good. That was the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov. If not, no one will do any good. Mm-hmm. If a person is going to say, who am I? I'm not worthy. I'm doing so many things that are not yet rectified. So now I'm going to do a mitzvah. I'm not worthy to do the mitzvah. That thinking is not healthy. That thinking is coming from the Yetzir Hara and good won't be done. So you do good. You do good. Do good. And light will take away darkness. That's step number one. I think that's step the world already adopted, but that's only step number one. There has to come a time, there has to come a time where the person who's tackled doing a lot of good should realize that the more good I do, if I still allow incorporate in my life things that are called chitzainim, on some level, I'm not even doing tshuva because I feel justified. I'm a good guy. And if I'm a good guy, then God has to tolerate certain things from me because I'm giving to God more than I'm taking from God or however, however people want to word that. And, 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 and the good is feeding the bad. So there has to come a time, the Alter Rebbe words it, that bef, bef, at some point in the life of Avraham Avinu, God is giving him a hey, God told him to make a brismil. To word it like this, there's two things in this mimer. Number one, every time you have a good idea, you should know that when you're going to put it into action, you're going to see that you will be gifted much greater ideas. And Mamash experienced that. Going to Israel was a great idea. Now there's a much bigger idea. Move there. That's, I'm not, I'm not saying no. Amen. I'm not saying no. I'm saying about this concert of a sister city I'm very excited about. Very, I think it's, I think it's Gavaldic. I think it's Gavaldic. Always. All of these people, they travel to America anyways. You guys, we have a meal every Friday night in Shul. You have no idea how many people come here. And imagine if you can have a whole kahila that they make their organized trip to Los Angeles and Shabbos they spend with us. You know how beautiful that will be if there would be a hundred families from one kahila that everyone by us, everyone is going to house a family. And we're going to once a year go there. This came into the world, into my world, because we did something. So that's number one. Number two, we should know that if we are meriting to be involved in big mitzvahs, at some point, we got to make a bris milah. At some point, we have to know that if we are channeling, if you are meriting, if I'm meriting to channel good things into the world, then our involvement in things that are not yet good 
is taking the nourishment, it's taking the light of God, and it's living off it. And there has to be a point where we wage a battle, which is the harder part of Yiddishkeit. It's not just about doing good, which according to the Hasidim has to come first. But look, now in Israel, there's a battle. The battle is to fight evil. And we should personalize it, everyone on their level, everyone on their level. You know, there's evil and there's evil. God forbid, we don't have that type of evil. But everyone knows that this place of growth and, and, and you know, history is unfolding. History is unfolding now. And we should be part of it. Part of it would mean, the way I see it now, not only doing good. Doing good is the best thing. You never go wrong when you do good. But doing good should come hand in hand. Avram Avinu had a son. Avram Avinu was told to have a bris meal. Al-Tarebbe links to, and only then did God trust him to give him the hay. Cut out the armor. And Avram Avinu was already a big tzaddik. We're speaking about he was 99 years old. That means that people can be already mature people. We're not 18 years old. We did a lot of good and we should, we should be good about it. It's not a contradiction. And at the same time, it's definitely a time of making some sort of inner cheshben anafesh and waging battle, which is not easy, inside of ourselves against those things that have to be expelled from our lives. And then we'll merit to have a lot more goodness coming through us. And it's not about us doing the good. It's the world needs the good, and we should that we should be the channel for it. It's important also now not to be selfish. It's not about I did that. It's not about who is doing it. You know, in, in, in yeshiva they gave me a beautiful mashal, the same rabbi, but beautiful his own mashal about how will I know whether when I'm doing something good, whether it's coming from my ego or whether it's coming from the emes. And he used a great analogy, and we should be aware of that. First of all, doing good, even from your ego, is a lot better than doing nothing. We're, not, so we're, talking, we're talking about the next step. He gave a marshal that what happens if you know of a person that is mamish hungry, they need food. And you find out about it. And you go and you make them a beautiful meal. And you go over to their home. And when you get there, what do you see? Someone came a minute before you and gave them food. How do you feel at that moment? If you feel happy that they have food, you're connected to the Emmys. If you feel, oh my God, I missed, he says, and that's not good. It's good, it's good that you made food, you're at Tzadik Gomer, but you're not at Tzadik Gomer. And that, that's a great measuring stick. But there's so much good that needs to happen right now. And people will say, I want to be involved in something that we should always remember that whatever good we do, the next level is, is that we should make sure that it doesn't really, it's not about who did the good, it's about that which is needed should get done and, and Hashem should help all of us. Amen. Amen. So dynamic. Like we got, a, we got a text right before davening. These are people because we all know people. Like I have a nephew in the north. These people are not allowed to have their phones. But someone connected to us went into Gaza this morning with a big team. There's a lot of stuff going on. And Imam, she asked us for daven that everyone should come out there alive. Amen. I think it's important for us to be aware that there's mamish a battle going on right now. And yeah, we're not there. But there's battles that we should do. A battle. A battle of fighting evil. And I always see that as that there's something in me that I have to fight better, fight smarter, and get rid of it. And that's part of the, the, the collective battle of ridding the world of evil. So I ask I think people should be practical. People should know where they're at. Growth in good and growth away from bad is multi. It's dimensional. It's dimensional. So, so everyone should pick. Uh, we'll take from 
I would say like this, if you were to ask that question, I would say like this, that, that just like we're witnessing, at least superficially, a tremendous amount of unity, a tremendous amount of unity amongst the Jewish people, um, not to be de- delusional, the poison that brought to the period was not dealt with. This takes time. The, I'm saying the inner feelings that led to all that was not resolved. I'm not going to say, it, but, well, one second, but there's many levels. The behavior changed. I think that, that perhaps we should figure out in our lives those parts in us, whether it is the way we think, whether it is the way we feel, that lead to disunity in our lives, meaning in our homes, in our communities, and, 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 and work in the direction of having a greater amount of, of actus. I think that that would be... Some, now, many people are involved in things. A person is addicted to gambling, and they know they got to deal with it. So now is the time to deal with it. Go to AA. Go, I'm saying I'm not, not dealing with it is not simple. But go, you know, go join with a chevre of people that are dealing with a certain inner problem and fight it. Instead of, I'm accepting what it is, that's what we did with Hamas. We're just accepting what it is. And I'm putting up a barrier and no, we can't accept anymore. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta uproot. We gotta uproot so things. It's also, it's, also, it's also psychological and mental, not just, um, I don't know, someone who, you know, doesn't eat kosher. I, I don't eat kosher. It's about my not, it's my consumption. I, we have to start looking in. I think this is an inner thing. I think this is really an inner thing. I don't think this is an outer thing. We already had our opportunity to inspire people to keep kosher. And I think that if, that, that, you know, look what happened now. When people are connected, chavedim, like we met with this kibbutz, she said, the woman said that we're not, we're not, I asked her, I told her, if your guys are not, she says, we're not observant at all. I told her, so you tell us, would you rather us bringing chal and Shabbos or be honest, or you would rather us going there Wednesday and having a picnic and whichever one you like better. But you know what? If you go there and you have a picnic and I happen to be someone who keeps kosher, it's going to influence. So, Rabbi, just to clarify, what you're saying that what Hashem show us through global events is something that we have to bring into our own For life. Sure. And we should know that we're Mamashad battle now. Like, I should feel, I'm saying, I stand with Israel. What does that mean? It means if people that we know, like, are right now, they're right now fighting. I think that to be with them would be me today, right now, making my a... Own evil. having the, Joining the battle. My own evil. Yeah. So you say that because Hashem brings it to now, we have a lot more help to win than, than like before two weeks ago. Like, just like you said, I think when the, everyone is fighting evil, yeah, it gives koyach to win. Yeah, yeah, very good, very well said. And we, sh- and, we sh- and we should use that effort. We should use that everyone is fighting. What am I fighting? Like I'm fighting the fighting in me. There's a fighting in me that's not kosher. Fight that. I'm saying there's a plenty of fighting to do. So because you said the idea, once you try to bring it into reality, then God then gives a bracha. Get the light. So then you get a lot of light. Thing, right? And we're going to get a lot of light. Now that we're, we're, we're getting rid of Hamas, God is going to give us a lot of light. In us, in us, we have to do it. And we will do it. And we will do it. And Hashem will bless us that we should have good Amen. news. Amen. And Hashem will bless us here that we should stay vigilant over here. Amen. That we should not delude ourselves that the whole public opinion that the world has externally can change mamish from one day to the other. Mm-hmm. Just to be aware of it. Not to be living in fear, but to be under, understand where we're at right now. Yeah, we're living in a time where 
We're standing alone. I see the world. I see Ayid standing alone. Mom is standing alone. We always did. We just didn't see it. Us and Fox. Huh? Us and Fox. No, not, not, I don't even believe Fox. Yeah, yeah, garnish. I'm saying not to rely, not to rely, not, to, not even to. Is Mamish. I'll tell you, I, I want to one example that Simone is bringing up, that our, at least boys that I saw, the Bachrim, they are educated, I don't know, girls going with Tzayim a little bit, I don't know how it worked in the, in the, in the seminaries. We have boys yeah. that they're 14 years old, right, and they go on the street and they stop people and they ask them to put on Tzayim. You know how much wisdom, you know how much wiser we became because of it? No one taught us, and, and, these, and you stop, you're stopping people, I'm talking about, I remember I was a kid, and they have real life questions, and they're talking to a 15 year old, and somehow they think we know the answers, and we feel like I'm religious. I mean, and they had, you know, why does God allow suffering to happen? You answer me that, I'll put on tefillin. These, these liners are being thrown, and it's amazing. What happens is that when you're doing something good, somehow, yeah, God gives you, uh, yeah, all of that, it adds. Anything that we do, we should know doing doesn't only do. Doing, Dal Rebbe argues, brings into us a tremendous amount of wisdom. Big wisdom. Dafke because we did. Dafke because we did. There was a guy over here, I think it was Rabbi Schwartz, or one of the people here in LA that was really into Muftzayim. And he was saying, I think it was Rabbi Schwartz, Shlomo Schwartz, blessed memory, that he had this class, and he had intellectuals. And he says that for four years, for four years someone is debating with him and asking questions and asking questions and whatever he answered was never enough. And the guy did nothing. He says, finally, I don't know how, I got the guy to put on tefillin. I remember him saying this here, everybody in Sola. He says, the moment the guy put on tefillin, while he's wearing the tefillin, he says, Rabbi Schwartzy, I have the answers to my questions. He, he didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an intellectual question. No, it's when you do something, it brings into you a lot of seichel. And in anything, you have an idea, if it's good, do it. Not just because you want to do it. Even if you do it, you're going to get more seichel. Get more seichel. Action brings down. Avraham Avinu got the biggest wisdom when he started to interact with simple people. He became a bigger chacham. Not because they asked deep questions. That's the way that you put together ideas in action. You bring forth a big neshama. And just get rid of the evil. Because if not, the world will have that neshama. And the world does not deserve it. The unrectified world should not get it. When there's, there's a, a, a void, it gets filled. So we either fill it with goodness or let it take over. Correct. God forbid. No, we're filling it with goodness. That's why Dal Tadeb explains that when you have an idea, he's speaking about inventions. So you have an invention, people figured out how to build a machine. And then when they built it, they needed to tweak it. He says, because Dafka, because they built it, they merited. To have a lot more chachma, and that's how they—that's how it works. And now with this additional chachma, you, now you really know how to do it. Before you did it, you didn't have enough wisdom to do it. Now that you did it, now you'll have more wisdom. Not only practically because you saw where there are flaws. There's there, ideas and action brings an asham. It brings an asham. Just us being really just centricity more. Um, first of all, we got only positive. Reaction. Of Mufchoin. About forty. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. In, in about an hour, and um, one woman came up. She wasn't Jewish. Her, she said, "I'm half Jewish." So she said, "The father's Jewish," but she started crying, sobbing, hugging us. Yeah. Another woman whose um, 
husband was Jewish, also started crying and hugging us. But um, and even on Shabbos, we're walking home. Like a, there was an Uber driver with an Israeli flag and a bumper sticker, "Pray for Jerusalem." It was an Asian guy, and he said, "I love you," and I always like there is there is something. One hundred percent, yeah, oh, Emma's. There is this and there is that. Okay, there's both, but we should be aware of both. Good. Right, guys, we should have good news. And the bottom line, bottom line is, just think about the idea that uh, if you guys are, are, will be able to, let's say, I think within a month, for one Shabbos, the idea will be to leave Thursday and uh, to be back here Sunday. In other words, we would, be, we, would, we would get there Friday. We would go to some, either in the south or in the north. We would spend Shabbos. Not yet. Let's finish. I'll have a date next week. And we'll spend Shabbos, and you can stay there for a month if you want. But I'm saying then we'll leave Sunday morning, and we'll be back here Sunday evening. Good.